It's a Midsummer Night's Dream, only it's a nightmare. Stink bugs! Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of July the 17th, 2014. Here we are in the middle of the summertime, and for us in central Alabama, the middle of the summertime also means the middle of pest season. And uh, we're just feeling a little besieged right now, so we thought we would do we would share with you some of our thinking. For me, the most recent um, event that got me thinking about it was our picking blueberries at the farm of our good friend George Brown. Yes, he told us about a new pest that we hadn't had to worry about until now. He has never sprayed his blueberries, but he's now having to spray his blueberries with some fairly... Uh, intimidating chemicals, all to deal with something called spotted wing drosophilia, SWD, uh, which has arrived, I believe, from China. Yes. Thank you, China. And (laughs) has slowly worked its way over across the country from the Northwest. And um, for guys who are doing blueberries commercially, it's a nightmare. We've not yet had any visible damage from SWD, although we're confident we have the presence of them in our blueberries. Well, and you might want to talk about it's not just blueberries that are under um, attack from these Yeah, it's any soft-skinned fruit, so plums, muscadines. um, Apples, pears, persimmons. Mm, persimmons, for sure. Oh, you don't I, think apples and pears? I, I wasn't sure that apples and pears were in the group because they 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 tend to have a little tougher okay. skin. But maybe. Um, yeah, but he but did mention persimmons, which mm-hmm. of course we love our persimmons and uh, figs. I would think. And the other pest that is dealing others fits that we have not yet seen is plum curculio. It's a little worm that tunnels into uh, plums, peaches, nectarines. And can destroy a crop. Uh, my brother Dave Gray is really struggling with plum curculio. We managed to deal with plum curculio this year by having no crop. Uh, we had a late season freeze and really have not had any plum, peach uh, crop to speak of, and therefore we don't have a plum curculio problem. But we never know about next year. And of course, there's always the fire ant. Fire ant mounds just seem to abound on our property, and I'm every other day I'm stepping into one. Um, they're even on Veg Hill. They're just everywhere, and um, of course, being organic, where I'm growing my food, I don't want to use pesticides um, to destroy the ants. Although, um, out you know along our walking paths and if it, in the an ornamental garden, I wouldn't think twice about doing it. Next one on our list is squash bugs. Uh, in prior years, they have been devastating to our cucurbits. And guess what? I am knocking on wood as I say that. Say this. I haven't seen any squash bugs this year. Isn't that amazing? Now, one of the reasons we may be having a year's respite from squash bugs is because we confuse the 
dickens out of the little buggers by moving everything around and transferring all the soil and so forth for the raised beds. Well, I mean, I, I don't know whether that has an effect or not. I did have squash vine borers, which is a, a separate pest. But um, in the past, the past couple of years, I just haven't had decent squash at all. And this year, it's looking really good. Um, and I think we might have talked about on a previous podcast that I planted a trap crop to try to attract the predators of squash. I mean, the, pre- the I'm sorry, the, the pests that attack squash plants. And um, ended up having a fabulous bit of produce from that From bed. the trap crop. Yes, which uh, a lot of them were yellow squash. And they've done really well. So, um, you know, well, I'm keeping, I'm not saying that every one of my squash plants looks healthy. It, they don't. Uh, some of them, uh, I've had to pull several. I know some of it was vine borer. Um, but, you know, so far, at least we still have squash this year. And I have an as yet unidentified squash growing on the orchard floor from a compost volunteer. And I go out every day and just kind of check on it and see what it's doing. Uh, right now, it's a little smaller than softball size. So. It'll be interesting to see what it is, and uh, we'll be glad to put it on the dinner table when it's ripe. <laughs> there you go. Voles. Can't leave out voles because they've dealt us fits. Um, we probably don't need to say much about them because we've had a lot yeah, to say lot about to them say. in the past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the presence, their presence seems to have waned at the moment. Uh, I've got other problems, but the voles at right now um, are not quite as much of an issue. Maybe they were just, maybe they're just bored. They've you know, gone somewhere maybe else. exactly. Yeah, um, but I think I would have had a better strawberry crop. In fact, I know I would have if it hadn't been for the voles. Um, we've have I've seen a lot of grasshoppers out there, and um, in fact, I went out to my one of the crops that's done the best for me, and this makes you so happy: arugula or arugula, <laughs> however you want to pronounce it. And I love it. Um, but it's uh, it's I guess got a little too much bite for you. Yeah, in the lettuce arugula is sort of a mix between lettuce and uh, nails. <laughs> um. But I had a plant an arugula to reseed out there, and I have lots of little arugulas coming up now, and um, they're getting damaged by grasshoppers. Luckily, I have enough that you know I don't see the crop being wiped out. But they're devastating to other, especially tiny little plants coming up where there's not a lot of mass um, and we, we've talked in past in the past about how they can destroy a crop of brassicas that are just trying to get going so and to the point you've got to put some kind of uh, row cover over them. Now I don't expect uh, if unless we have a drought that sets in immediately we won't have a big problem with the devastation from Carolina grasshoppers the way we did that drought year. They depend on drought conditions to thrive, right. and it's been dry lately. So it, it uh, somewhat. I wouldn't call dry, it a drought, but, but it's been dry. Yeah. Well, let's move on to what I mentioned earlier: stink bugs. They are my nemesis. They just, in in their various forms, I have yet to find a a good stink bug out there. You know, and I know they exist, but I seem to attract the bad ones. They're on the tomatoes. They're on peppers and. Um, they can, you know, just they cause a lot of damage to the fruit. Uh, so when I see the little guys, I squish them, and um, you just have to stay on top of it. Uh, the other related thing, uh, leaf-footed bugs. They and they are they stink like a stink bug. They they are um, 
I've had them on my vegetable plants in the past, and I still do. But this is the first year I've seen them on the blueberries. And as far as I can tell, the da- they're damaging those by just ripping open the blue the fruit. The yeah, we've fruit. had very little damage from them, but there is they are present out there, and in, we in know they numbers. are causing some damage. Yeah, yeah. Kudzu bugs. That's a new arrival. Uh, we we noticed kudzu bugs. Uh, for the first time at the end of last summer. I'm knocking on wood. I haven't seen it this year yet. Haven't seen kudzu bugs yet, but of course we hadn't seen them this time last year either. That's true. And I will say that early in the spring, I did see one or two. Not on my, of course I hadn't planted anything yet. So not out in the, where I was growing things, but just randomly, like when I was hanging out clothes or, you know, there was one in Adrian's car when she got back from the lake and so I don't know whether these got imported from some other location or they just, because I hadn't planted anything, they moved on to somebody else's crop and didn't come back. I don't know. We'll see. And while we're talking about kudzu bugs, let's talk about kudzu itself, which is another form of invader. Uh, we've got a little bit of kudzu down at the middle of the south border of our property. That's the only place I know of where we've got kudzu and we keep kind of beating back at it, and it, it's not spreading, but it's not going away either. Yeah, and we do not want it to spread. We, we need to keep it under control. Uh, poison ivy, that's another one we've seen more of out up here near where we're living than we had before. And um, you did some flaming, and I notice it comes back every time, but it does seem to, the flaming seems to help. And I'm wondering if, you know, we just kind of make note of where it is and when the weather uh, is cooler and it's more dormant. I know you can still break out from it then, but maybe I can. We can just put on long sleep because one thing I can't stand to wear all that the clothing I should be wearing right now. It's just too hot. But you know, if we know if we can flag where it is, we can maybe get out there with shovels and gloves and c- complete coverage, dig it up, you know, throw it in the garbage or something, and then um, you know, maybe wash our clothes and take yeah. showers, etc. It's a bear. It is a bear. Uh, fortunately, we don't have a huge outbreak of it, at least yet. But it could spread, and I've seen more of it, and especially up there near the lodge. So. Yeah, we've got more near the lodge than we do down here by the barn. And with for some kids reason. playing up there and my digging around up there, um, I just don't want, want it around. Don't blame you. And of course, we have lots of weeds, and um, that's something that I struggle with this time of the year every year. This year, because of the, thanks to the raised beds and your mowing and, uh, you know, weed eating around them and um, the, and my. And some solarizing. Some solarizing that we did. And, but even then I still had to get out there and pull the dead weeds up um, and plant, I did plant a cover crop where I'd like to, I hope that'll help suppress some of them. But there, the having raised beds has really helped me because I am pretty good about getting out there and weeding. And what I really need is just a day with nothing to do but put mulch down. And I haven't had a day like that yet, but um, it would it would help. You're and, too and busy whoring around. Best little whorehouse in Texas opens July 24th. And we Tumpka, Alabama, so come see it. <laughs> we are uh, just having a lot of fun. Best Little Whorehouse is a, a fun show, and uh, you, uh, Amanda, Adrian, and Lee are all three in it and having a lot of fun. It's We're doing good. a lot of rehearsing and all, and, and yeah. we've talked about that before. But um, 
the mulch, I will say one thing about the mulch. Um, I, I guess because I had planted those potatoes and I had a lot of hay there um, already on one of the beds, when after I pulled the potatoes, I just kind of spread that around where the tomatoes are planted. And I have had very few weeds there. I didn't put newspaper down, just really thick mulch uh, of uh, layers, layers of hay. And that seems to have helped. Good. So, and um, let's talk about a couple more success stories. Uh, we've already shared with you, of course, that uh, we had a big problem with aphids on our beans and peas uh, one year. And we really didn't do anything about it other than cuss. <laughs> and the next year, what we saw instead of aphids was ladybugs. And presumably the ladybugs were keeping the aphids under control. And, and continue to to this day. We don't have a big problem with aphids no. out there at all. Um, and we do occasionally see ladybugs. So we, we have a feeling that they're on patrol for us. The real test will come in a few weeks because I planted some late peas and uh, some purple hull, which can be planted in this area in July. Um, and so that black-eyed peas and purple hull peas often, my experience has been, Sometimes those are my crops that get attacked by aphids, so we'll have to see how it yeah, goes this year. We'll see how they go. And of course, there's the omnipresent hornworm um, on tomato plants. I have had a couple of those kill them um, this year, but and haven't seen them lately. But um, last year, we had our first um, occurrence of bracketed wasp um, egg laying on one of the hornworms, and it, of course, will kill the hornworm, and um, it's a way of procreating the wasps who are going to continue that cycle. We so hope. it was great to, yeah. to see that, and uh, we're sort of looking forward to seeing others, although the most important thing is we haven't seen that many hornworms. Right, and, and, and I'm taking preventative measures the best I know how, which is uh, planting, interplanting basil and marigolds with the tomatoes. And it seems to help. And it seems to be making a difference. The hornworms, again, knocking on wood, yes, knock. <laughs> um, haven't been nearly so troublesome as they were that particular year when they just drove us fits. Um, so we thought we would finish up just by talking about sort of the key linchpins of our coping strategy for invaders. It starts and continues and ends with diversity. Everything we do is based on the principle of diversity. Right. We don't do monoculture. Um, we try to confuse pests by interplanting and using companion planting. Um, we try to be uh, plant lots of different crops so that if one crop goes bad on us, we've got other things we can eat. Yeah, there's nothing that we just have to have succeed in order to get by. Um, we could do without any single plant that we're raising. Um, and if we find a version of a plant, of a cultivar that seems particularly vulnerable to a pest, we just avoid planting that for a while. That's right. And But again, there's the example of the trap crop. I planted blue Hubbard squash as a trap crop. It is supposed to be one of the most vulnerable 
uh, to squash vine borers, and darned if I don't have blue Hubbard squash. <laughs> Big rascal. And we'll find out how they taste. Uh, so, you know, you just never know. It, it, sometimes it's the ebb and flow of the, the, the life cycle of the critters and what kind of winter we had and what kind of conditions we have now. But in general, you are right. And uh, one thing, we just went to a tomato tasting, um, and Chuck Brown talked to us a, a bit about... Um, disease and uh, resistant cultivars of tomatoes and it was a reminder to me of how important that is that yes why you know if you have a choice of what kind of tomato to plant choose one that's disease resistant another option we have which we frequently use is to exclude the pests whenever we can uh, we didn't try to exclude uh, squash vine borers and squash bugs by using row covers this year, but we could have. And we have done that in the past. We have done that in the past. We may try to exclude the um, the flying insects from our brassicas because we can do that fairly easily with row covers. Mm -hmm. And pollination is not an issue with the brassicas, so it doesn't create problems to exclude all insects the way right. it does with some of the you know, cucurbits That's right. and that Yeah, sort of I mean, it, the, with the cucurbits, you've just got to be paying attention, and when you see those blossoms start, you got to pull it, and then you lose your protection. But um, you're right. We'll, we'll, for fall, we may deploy the uh, row cover again. And, of course, we, as you've mentioned, wait for the predators to come. A lot of times we just don't really do anything other than try to hand kill you know just um spot check on uh, the bugs that are out there and hope as in the case of the kudzu bug episode last year hope for the predator to come and that is indeed what happened with the kudzu bug what was what was the predator for um, the kudzu bug i want to say it was an assassin bug i'll need to review that i think we talked about it at the okay. time we'll put something on the show notes page yeah. about that and and it's funny because i i saw these insects that i didn't know what they were on the bean plant uh, after the kudzu bugs had gotten pretty bad, and I took a picture of it. It wasn't a very good picture, but I got a photo and pulled out my handy-dandy garden uh, insects anthology or whatever book. I guess it's, it's more like a, um, an encyclopedia, really, with lots of photos, and I found that bug. So it was, as far as I know, there to prey on the kudzu bugs. Which, and... And that's a, a great lesson for us. Kudzu bug's an invasive species. Hasn't been here before. It's a new pest. And here there's all, you know, there's an, a predator for it that's standing by ready to take it on. And I have the same hope about the spotted wing drosophilia. The growers, the commercial growers, are very concerned about SWD because it has no apparent predators. So their solution is spray, spray, spray. My solution is wait, 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 <laughs> and 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 keep a a, a predator friendly environment so that when the predators show up, I'm not going to kill them by spraying them with some kind of poison. So we'll see. Uh, but I I remain hopeful that these new invaders will be subject to some of the same predators that some of the other guys are. You just have to let things kind of settle out, and they need to find each other and so forth. So that's our hope. 
that's probably a good way place for us to end the conversation. Thank you for your patience with us as we work through this middle of the season insect pest we kind of uh, invasion. But uh, hey, we're coping and we hope you are as well. Have a great week. Look forward to visiting with you next week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.